All right, guys. So before we introduce you, you we were just talking about X Pogo, and then we were talking about Y Pogo. But tell me about Z Pogo. <laughs> so Z we got to get the third dimension in here. Z Pogo is tough. <laughs> yeah. it, it only comes out every once in a while, but it's aggressive. <laughs> we try to tame them down. It's the diagonal pogo. Mm-hmm. It's not up and down. It's not side to side. <laughs> it's it's forward and back. <laughs> oh man, but what's up guys? Today we have a really cool podcast. Um today we have some very special guests and this is not your average scooter riders. These guys are beyond scootering. They are doing something they're they're you know they're taking bounds and leaps over scootering. Um so Mr. Guest, introduce yourself. Russ, you can start. So my name is Danger Russ, and uh, I'm an extreme pogo sticker from Virginia. My name is Tone Stobbs. I am also an extreme pogo sticker from Colorado Springs. So is that what you guys refer to yourself as extreme pogo sticker, or is it like freestyle pogo sticker? Is there like an official term, or is it extreme? Um, we kind of go by just like pogo sticker, okay. but just to give people an idea that's not like the normal spring stick, we say extreme. So they're like, oh, okay. It's the bigger ones, you know? Got you. And is that somehow an extension from X pogo? Yeah. So X pogo is just the name of the company that these guys decided on. And, um, it's kind of just been, it just stuck as like our official name of the sport X pogo. Okay, is that the main brand of pogo sticking? Like, is or is there competitors to X Pogo? Like, tell me about the the market really quick. I'm I'm so curious. So, like, uh, X Pogo is more of like your your central hub for all the information on pogo sticking. Like, they put on the competitions. Got it. They uh they sponsor some of the riders. They put on shows and all that stuff, and they're doing all the promotion for the sport. So um, it's almost like that company's the infrastructure of pogo sticking in a way. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is, is So is that the only real core brand or is there more? Um, well, then you have the actual pogo stick companies. So you've got, got um, you've got Vertigo pogo sticks, which are right here in the States, um, overseas, out in France. You got a brand called TK8 pogo sticks. Um, there's an up and coming brand over in, I think it's Iran right now. Um, I don't even know what they're called yet. So we'll see what they're called. Um, but that's that's like the core market for the actual pogo sticks themselves. And then there's a umbrella company that was like the first pogo stick company back in like 1918 or something like that. Uh, they're called Flybar. Uh, they actually produced the world's first extreme pogo stick as well uh, about what, 15, 16 years ago. So what classifies a pogo stick to an extreme pogo stick? Uh, something with like a height potential with a little bit more than like... Is there like a height see. or a spring level or a pressure level that classifies it from non-extreme to extreme? Well, so the spring pogo sticks, you yeah. pretty much classify those as like you're just typical run-of-the-mill pogo sticks like they're not very extreme we have models that can like handle all right, like right, right. a bigger let's, person let's just be clear with the audience real quick what type of pogo sticks are like common out there because there's there's obviously spring ones i've seen those yeah. ones before but you guys don't ride spring ones you guys ride air compressed ones yes. right yes and then is that the only real two methods or is there more methods so i was saying about the first extreme pogo stick um it didn't have either of those it wasn't air powered it wasn't spring powered it was really? actually um these giant elastomer rubber bands about, I want to say, 
inch and a half thick and probably about eight inches long and they would hook inside of the pogo stick and when you bounce they would stretch out and then recoil you back up into the air wow that must have been like a bigger device then yeah (laughs) the first one weighed about 25 pounds really yeah (laughs) how much does yours weigh now uh i'd say the ones that we use right now weigh about 13 to 14 pounds. Got you. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's so interesting. (laughs) That's so, I feel like pogo sticking has like a pretty gnarly history then. Like if it's so old, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, it's pretty crazy, uh, that we started with that and the height potential of that thing was barely six feet. I want to say. Okay. And now the pogo sticks that we use are blasting us like on a whole nother level. There's a one even that, this guy built out in France probably like what 10 years ago it was a uh, had like a nitrous tank on the front for it so like you'd be bouncing at like four feet and then you're about to come down on your next bounce you press this button it shoots your pogo stick full of air and then it just shoots you double the height whoa <laughs> yeah that's yeah. crazy that is nuts yeah what, what's like the height that pogo stickers have reached right now like what's the limit um right now the world record is 11 feet one inch Wow. With like, that's clearing it with the bottom of the pogo stick and then landing and bouncing away. So is that when they measure that height, do they jump over a bar that tall? Yeah, like a pole vaulting setup. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That's so (laughs) wild. So is there, do you think if somebody was just bouncing like just without moving forward in any sort of way, they could get over 11 feet in one inch? Or is it, is it like when that, that dude going over, you think that's the highest anyone's ever gone? Yeah. Um, so like, I think momentum plays a little bit of a yeah, role. Like is momentum good for getting you higher or is it easier to get higher from a standstill? For sure. Like when you're jumping up to the bar, if you take like a, you know, eight, 10 foot jump and right as you're coming in, you like level out so that you go straight up that forward momentum will give you more push so you can go straight up even higher. Yes, you're you're blocking your momentum with all those forward jumps. And as soon as you get to like right before the bar, you kill all your forward momentum and transfer it straight up. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. So how much of like hypothetically, if I wanted to beat that record, how much of it is it is the pogo stick doing the work? and How much of it is like the person? Because I feel like I feel like there has to be some equation between like how much you weigh, how much pressure you have in your pogo stick and, and how that reaches maximum height, right? Like, is there like an ideal body figure? Is there an ideal like thing that goes into getting that, that maximum height? Like what, what would that take to beat that record? Yeah. So like the biggest problem we face with high jump is it's pretty important to be like, you know, fast switch muscle, like pretty jacked that helps. But, um, once you reach a certain pressure, depending on your weight, the mm-hmm. pogo stick is so hard to control because it's like you're basically trying to jackhammer something. So when you're jumping up to the bar, most people can get up that high, but you can't control it to get over the bar because you're just so much higher than you normally would be. And also every time you come down, it's like hitting a rock. So because mm, the pressure is so high in the pogo stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have to be really like controlled and uh, have good body control. Yeah. And then when you come down, you really have to just force into the ground as hard as you can, huh? Because the yeah. pressure is so much that. And that's what makes it hard to to control that bounce, too, because you have to control up in high jump, um, trying to get over that height you really want to line up your bounces like precisely or else you're going to fly right into that bar. You're not going to be close enough. So it's a big mental game too. like 
when you watch this competition or dudes trying to do this, you'll see them jump at this bar probably 20 attempts before they actually get a good enough attempt to mm-hmm. get over it. So no, that makes sense. I feel like a lot of things in scootering are the same way. Like you, the, the approach to it is just absolutely everything. Like you'd see, you could see a, somebody doing a, a flip maneuver and they could approach the box 20 times, throw it one time. And then it takes them another 20 attempts just to throw it because they, the box before they cased every time, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like the approach. It's so interesting. I've never thought about that in pogo stick terms before. <laughs> like, like how you have to like account all your bounces. Yeah. I noticed when we were riding yesterday, you guys kind of did things in sets of five. It was kind of like, all right, on the fifth jump, that was the standard thing that you guys would say. Is that kind of the standard routine in pogo sticking? Like when they do these high jump competitions, is it five jumps to it or like, so with the high jump, um, to, for it to count, you have to take at least three bounces in before you Got can it. do it. Um, for high jump, though, some people find it easier to drop in. This is where that three bounce rule comes in. So, mm-hmm. like, we'd have like a six foot platform, and instead of being on the ground and trying to like start pogoing at a 130 psi in your pogo stick where it just doesn't want to budge, you can start on top of this box and just drop in for your first jump, mm. and then kind of like line them up but you're not allowed to just like drop in and then try to get the biggest bounce possible and then go over because you yourself didn't really do it like got it okay it's like you're using the box jump as like your like initial so like they're, they're they're gonna let you like get that initial inertia but you have to keep it for a second before you can even go yeah to, to prove that you can maintain it the control yes. got you okay so it's almost like once you jump off of this platform land and then that your run starts after that first bounce basically yeah pretty much got it that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. that's so interesting i feel like i'm <laughs> learning so much about pogo stick right now oh, you're gonna learn a lot today so, so okay so what got you guys into pogo stick? Because I feel like like I'm somebody that does lots of niche activities. You know, I'm a scooter rider. I fingerboard. I do a lot of things. And I feel like the way that I've gotten into a lot of my activities is usually through mutual friends, you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. just like random little instances. But I'm so curious how you guys got into pogo sticks. I feel like everyone has unique stories about their niche activity. Like, yeah. Russ, let's start with you. Um, yeah. So uh, when I was a kid, I was playing basketball a lot mm-hmm. and um i don't know if you guys remember and one street ball of course <laughs> but uh i was like so into it because it was like oh my, there was like no rules and when uh the elevator i think it was did the 720 dunk i was like dude i gotta figure out how to dunk but uh i couldn't really jump that high and at the same time my dad found one of these pneumatic pogo sticks and he's always into crazy stuff so he got me one for christmas I did a couple trick dunks. It was sick. And with the pogo stick. With the pogo stick. That's fire. And then um, I kind of put it down for a little bit. And then because I didn't know about these guys. So I stumbled across like him and some other guys on. Um, we had like a forum back in the day, an ex-pogo forum. And I realized like, oh, these guys are doing like legit tricks and like mm-hmm. flips. So then it just kind of all spiraled from there. That's sick. That's so cool. So let me ask you really quick. How did you dunk with a pogo stick? Like, obviously, you need two hands on it, right? Like, yeah. did somebody throw you the ball midair and you dunked it? Or, like, how'd that go down? Like, Yeah, me and my dad had a setup in our backyard where I would bounce up to the hoop and I would jump off of the pogo stick and he would toss me the ball and I would hit, like, double under the leg and uh, <laughs> do some 360s. I never got the front flip dunk, but 
maybe soon maybe i'll go back dude I, I see you when you bounce you 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 stabilize yourself in the air like i wonder if you could is it possible to bounce with one hand yeah oh like, yeah like imagine just bouncing with the basketball and like <laughs> legitimately dunking it <laughs> so um we did a collab video with dude perfect a few years back and really like yeah. you you two not uh, russ uh, yeah. i was in it and then we were on a thing called the pogo adventure which okay. is a uh yearly road trip we like to do where we just pack a bunch of pogo dudes in a van and then just drive around the country filming whatever we can yeah <laughs> yeah so we were on this uh adventure and we were hanging out with dude perfect when we rolled through dallas uh before they got like super big and uh one of the shots that we did was uh me doing a front flip dismount off the pogo stick and then shooting the shot like about i'd say half court length away and that was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do on a pogo stick, man. So tell me about like filming for a Dude Perfect video. Like I see a lot of their videos and a lot of the things looks like they take them a lot of attempts to do. It, dude, like I don't understand how they do it, man. Like because there'll be the same amount of energy and enthusiasm every single take. It could take them two hours to do a trick shot. And they're still like, hey, I'm Tyler and this is the trick, trick, trick shot. It's like, <laughs> What? like how are you that energetic after you've missed it 200 times already like i would get defeated really quickly in that job <laughs> dog what i've been so curious you know because they always sometimes have these like little like intros before they do their stunt and i'm like every time they do it every single take man it's insane they want it to look like as authentic as possible but i'm not gonna front and say that their shots come easy no no I'm when not. i was doing the front flip shot I was trying it for two hours the first day. Couldn't even get it the first day. And were they just like, oh, it's all good, dude. We'll get it tomorrow. Yeah, pretty much. And like, I'm like, not stressed. I don't know if I can do this. This is I'm not a trick shot guy. This isn't my job. But uh, <laughs> I I got it like fourth try the second day. <laughs> that's so sick, dude. That's that's really something awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun filming with those guys. Um, hopefully we can do something with them again in the future. But they're pretty big now. I don't know about that. They've got like their home TV show and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get into to, to pogo sticking? So we know Russ's story, but Russ, now you. <laughs> Russ didn't really he have He just a, wanted to dunk. Yeah. He just, <laughs> he just had that desire. <laughs> he was showing up fools at the Florida State Fair that were dunking last year. <laughs> that was, was pretty fun. Can you dunk now? Uh, no, I'm like, dude, like six inches away. Oh. Like, I'm so, I'll get it before I'm 30. I promise. I'll send you a video. But, uh, yeah. So the way that I got into it, uh, I actually have like somewhat of an action sports background. Like mm -hmm. I started skateboarding and all that stuff when I was about 10 years old. Um, I just happened to stumble upon extreme pogo sticking on the internet one day when I was like 13, MySpace. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> That's sick. half of you guys don't know what that is. Um, but I saw a video of dudes just like trying pogo stick tricks. And I was like, no way. That's not a thing. Is this really a thing? So I busted out a pogo stick out of my garage and for like two weeks straight, just started trying to imitate everything I saw in that video until my pogo stick exploded and fell apart, basically. Really? Yeah. So I figured at that point, if I'm going to put this much time and effort into something and like push myself to the point that I'm breaking this product, like mm -hmm. I would break a skateboard or something, then it's probably worth investing into a pretty decent pogo stick. So after that, I invested into like my first like good spring powered pogo stick. And then it was the same one that I'd saw the dudes using in that video. Cause this is way before like 
any extreme pogo sticks even existed i think maybe the first air powered model came out like two weeks before i started pogo sticking <laughs> wow yeah so you and i didn't even know about it so you kind of came in on the forefront of it like you yeah. can't and that's that's really like that's super relatable for scootering for me i feel like i like found my interest in scootering and it was just like oh just happens to be the same time that all of these great scooters are starting to come out, like folded mm-hmm. are starting to go away. That's really sick though. It really feels like it makes you feel like you're really like a part of something. Like when you starting to see like the the formation of it and yeah. like you're at the beginning of it, it's sick. It's like feeling like a pioneer, man. It's like uh we have to pretty much create everything from scratch. Like, yeah, we we derive tricks and stuff from other sports, but there's a lot of stuff that we just had to figure out on the fly. Like mm-hmm. uh, I was a fourth person in the world to front flip a pogo stick. So like figuring out the technique was so weird because the other three people that did it before me did it completely different from one another. So I'm like, huh, I don't know how I'm going to do this because I don't know how I would actually approach it. And now I have the worst front flips in the world, but I can still do it. (laughs) (laughs) That's sick, dude. That's so interesting. So, so I want to hear about like the pogo stick community. I feel like there must be a group of characters out there that, including you two, you know what I mean? Like, tell me about Tone. Tell me about the first time that you ever, like, met another pogo sticker where there was, like, this is my shit. Like, this is, like, obviously I pogo stick and this is my shit, but, like, I'm meeting another pogo sticker and this is your shit. Like, I remember my first time meeting another scooter rider. That was, like, a big moment. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the first time you met another pogo sticker. So, like... The first time I met another person that pogo stick in person, it was like we had this like little like meetup jam at like some random school down in uh, Bradenton, Florida. Um, like Russ was talking about earlier with the ex pogo forums, we were all kind of on there chatting online. Um, and I didn't really get a chance to meet any of these people until about eight months to a year after I started doing pogo sticking because that's when I first discovered the website. Mm-hmm. And so we uh, started messaging back and forth with all these dudes, but they lived like an hour or so away from me, and I'm 14, so it's hard to get around at that point. Um, yeah. One day, we just got everybody to somehow convince their parents to drive and meet at some central location, and then everybody just started pogo sticking together. And I remember like pulling up. I was the last one to arrive to this thing, so I was like two hours late because my dad thought it was in a different town. <laughs> Uh, but I just pull up to the front of this school and I just see like other people doing pogo stick tricks and it's blowing my mind. I'm like, I've never seen anybody else doing it besides like myself or my brother. So to like roll up to a school or just any spot and see like your sport for the first time, you're like, this is what I do. And they're doing it too. Like that was a really cool feeling just because I can imagine back then, like nowadays, usually about 50, 50 people have heard of extreme Pogo. Mm-hmm. We've uh, kind of put the name out there, but back then no one knew what this was. No one, we didn't have the big air Pogo sticks. People did not have the assumption that you could just do a backflip on it. So I pulled up and instantly my mind was blown, went out and like shook everybody's hand, just shaking the whole time. And then was that how the other kids were as well? Kind of, yeah, yeah. But they had already been there for a couple hours too, so mm. they were all kind of like used to each other. It was probably about six or seven of us from all around Florida. That's sick. Yeah, that was like the mecca for Pogo back in the day, seven of us in Florida. So <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, but um, meeting them was just so cool. It was really like surreal because like I was like, I've seen these tricks and video clips that we send to each other on Messenger online, but 
now like I'm seeing you guys do it in person. And then immediately I just wanted to do every single trick that I knew how to do at that point for him because I was like, Oh, I could do this trick. I could do this trick. This would be so cool. If they saw that, like, what are they going to think is, it was awesome, dude. Like that's, that's so cool. Are you still in contact with some of that, those seven people today? Oh yeah. All seven of them. Uh, I can't say all seven of them. Um, some of them faded away probably a year or two after that, but like the core group of us, we're still like super, super close. Like one of the dudes is definitely going to be in my wedding party at some point. So <laughs> that's super cool, man. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really like awesome that you, you got to meet like a community of people. I'm assuming through the internet, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and you guys just like didn't know who you were beforehand. You just had a common passion and like that was your common interest together. And the fact that you've been able to like maintain that relationship over all of these years, like that's really sick. Yeah. My, my parents were a little skeptical about it at first. I mean, you're talking to strangers online. They're like, yeah, come pogo stick at my house. And it's like, <laughs> Is that a pervert posting? No, no, no. Trust me, I, I, I one hundred percent know what you're trying to say because when I was a kid, I would try to host fingerboard events at my house, um, <laughs> and I did, and it was like, I think I had one fingerboard event. There was like two kids from online that showed up. And like their parents were like so weary about like dropping them off, but then like my parents would like just talk with them the whole time. But it was like, I don't know, it was just just weird, like like. <laughs> It was weird, like, one, trying to, like, convince my parents to, like, take me to go meet somebody else that does this weird niche thing. And it's just, like, like it just is the most perfect, like, parent trap that's, like, no, you're going to be abducted. You know what I mean? It's, like, <laughs> yeah. no, but no, no, mom, like, I swear. Like, no, it's, like, this kid, like, he just wants me to come pogo with him in his garage. And it's, like, yeah, that's what a pervert would say. Like, and it's, like, it's like how can you trust this person? He's, like, because he knows the name of this pogo stick trick. Exactly, right? <laughs> that's the only thing I'm working with. He sent me a video clip. Like, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. So, Russ, how did you get into how did you get into it um so yeah so like i was doing it for probably three four years before i ever like met anyone yeah yeah. tell me about like yeah my my bad the first time you met somebody like in in the community yeah so like i would i'd been grinding away in my backyard just filming tricks and uh you know i was kind of a little antisocial, so it was all right like i enjoyed it Mm-hmm. and um did you enjoy it because it really felt like you were creating your own ground like you felt like like you enjoyed it because it was like a solo thing that that had had no rules because no one around you was doing it was that a draw for it, it? exactly like it 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 would reach out to my like need to be like physically active mm-hmm. but it would also reach out to the need to be like creative mm-hmm. and it would also reach out to the to the need to be like influenced by other things. And like in my young mind, like combining all those things together was like the best release from like, I could feel any sort of way, just go out in the backyard. That's all I needed to do. Mm -hmm. I'd feel great after. Yeah. It's interesting. I I think about just action sports and it's one of the few mediums that's a, that's creative athlete, athleticism, or I said that wrong, creative being a creative athlete because i feel like there's a lot of athletic things where it doesn't require a lot of creativity like for example like a 50 mile or a 50 meter run you know what i'm trying to say like how much creativity you go you start at one line and you run to the other line or a tennis match or a a baseball game you know there's there's defined rules in place like you can work within the rules and you get creative like that but i feel like the overall structure of it doesn't allow for that much for you know sure. what I mean? And I feel like action sports are like the only real like physical activity that's like that's like 
super almost artistic based. Yeah. That's that's cool. That, yeah, because that, like you're not gonna do a fifty meter run backwards. <laughs> I mean, if you did and you did it the fastest, I'm sure they would count it. Oh, I would hope so. <laughs> That'd be sick. Imagine somebody shows up in the Olympics that the 50 meter, like, they're like, oh, yo, can you mount my starting things backwards? <laughs> Dude, you say Bolt's like, this is too easy now. I got to go backwards. He's going to side gallop it or something now. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Um, Dang. So so what's the, the Pogo Stick community like right now? I'm so curious. Like, like what's what's like the it, I'm sure there's contest. I'm sure you guys were talking about you guys do like shows. You know what I mean? Like like what's the community looking like right now? Because I'm sure it's grown a lot from just the seven people in in Florida and just the couple people that you hung out with. Like what what is it what is it doing now? Like how are people making ends meet with pogo sticking? Like like what's what's the community looking like these days? Yeah, so we're like we're pretty big into shows mm-hmm. um, before coronavirus like me and Tone will be basically traveling all the time doing um, fair shows, NBA halftime shows, you know, NFL halftime shows. Really? Dog shows, like literally. Have you done an NFL halftime show? Yeah, we did the Detroit Lions. Really? Yeah. That's so cool. And like, what, what does that look like? Oh man, it was absurd because we were dressed up like elves because it was the uh, <laughs> it Christmas. Was Christmas? Yeah. Was it this last Christmas? It was two Christmases ago. Dang. Yeah. That's, whoa, that's so yeah. cool. <laughs> So they set up like a platform in the middle of the field or something like no, that? No, we were just on their turf field. Turf is really good for Pogo. Got you, okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so like we had to choreograph things with their dancers. Like they hit a certain move and we hit a certain move and we were all Christmas themed out and it was, it was pretty cool. That's so, so sick. I, I did a backflip over one of the kickers by accident. He was like coming up to warm up and I was hitting a backflip. I had no idea where I was because there's so many lights and crap going on. So I like just kind of like went over him and like looked at his face and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> wow. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> back living over the kicker let's, for the Lions. Let's it's hope awkward. it's the backup kicker. Like, <laughs> Sorry, man. He was probably more confused than you were. He was just trying to play football and there's this bugger stick just flying above him. Yeah. Upside down. He has yeah. no idea what's going on. He's like, that's a hell of a day at work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So so has there been any contest or anything going on since Corona has happened? Or has all of those been put on pause? Um, no, we actually did have a contest this past summer yeah. uh, at during coronavirus. Um, obviously, we tried to be as you know, safe as possible, of course, yeah. social distancing, keeping uh, no crowds or anything like you that. You have to jump at least six feet or higher. Yes. So that way <laughs> it's socially distanced. Yeah. We, we stay away from everybody on a whole nother level. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but uh, no, we, we uh, obviously the competition wasn't the same as we like n- would normally have it. Uh, the international. T- hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. What is a normal pogo stick competition? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. I, have, I have no idea. Like, what does that look like? Like, um, it's definitely something you've never seen before. <laughs> okay. So I'll, I'll put like a scooter term. Like I'll, I'll give you like a nutshell of like what a scooter comp usually is. Usually there's like, I don't know, 10 to 20 riders and they, they compete and they usually have like three one minute runs and they get judged on like what tricks they do, how they do the tricks, how they use the park. And there's usually like five categories that like amplitude is one of them. And, and, and I'm assuming 
pogo sticks probably similar tell tell me about like the actual like full structure of it though because i'm so curious yeah so our structure kind of revolves around three things Mm -hmm. there's freestyle it's pretty similar to like freestyle skateboard or scooter um you're basically using a park with obstacles although our obstacles are more like boxes and um they're more like height based obstacles. they're height based no transition more more like platforming almost and and it's like there's no like angles it's mostly just square like it's it's platforms that you can hop on and like stall on Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah we have some some like banked surfaces and stuff like that for like little like foot plants and wall plants and stuff like that some dudes do bounce off of those um depending on like the angles we have some that are like real mellow and then we have like slanted walls that are like that and it's it allows for like creativity in the competition to really flow it's like okay you can jump straight up and down on things that are flat Mm -hmm. but like let's see what you can do with the next level like so hit the hit the banks and stuff like that so so for the freestyle um that's always in some sort of course right or is there yeah so so in that course you what's your objective like like to do like a perfect run would do you have to like maneuver the whole course do you have to like like what like how does it get broken down like i'm curious yeah so the judges kind of look at first of all difficulty of tricks Mm -hmm. you know like how hard are the tricks that you're doing second thing is um like how flowy your run is. So if I'm like doing a trick, but like you see that like I barely landed it and it looks like I'm struggling, then um, that might deduct points and um, using the whole park. So Mm -hmm. like I might be able to do a front flip, a back flip, you know, five other tricks off of one obstacle, but using the whole, all the obstacles will give me a better chance of winning. Got you. Okay. Okay. It's also, um, there's also like height, like, the height that you're doing your tricks at and stuff like and that's the judges want to see you doing higher tricks and that's a factor in freestyle yes got you yes so like that's like uh if your tricks are higher they're probably going to be cleaner you got more hang time and stuff and it makes it look like it flows a little bit more and then like style is another big thing like yeah you can do some hard tricks but if they're ugly looking like they're not going to score as high so like yeah. style and difficulty kind of go hand in hand with each other. Obviously, I think difficulty at the end of the day is going to outweigh style, mm-hmm. but style is a key factor in that. Mm-hmm. And then so like and then there's also like the bail rules and stuff. So like you fall in competition, you get two falls in competition that deduct five points each, but any fall after that will not deduct any points. So basically. You can fall. But has anyone ever won by falling? No, no, no one has ever won with a with a bail in their run. Top three last year. I don't think anyone fell. No, got it. That must be pretty like like if you fall like you're done then. Oh, yeah, yeah. As soon as as soon as you hit that fall, you're just pretty much. I mean, you can keep going with your run if you Mm -hmm. just want like that practice for like that next round. But like me personally, I would save my energy and stuff so I could be ready to go for the next round. I won't mess up what i just did again so um and then and then that's not the only like competition we have mm-hmm. at pogo palooza yeah, yeah tell me about the other ones so there's yes. freestyle and tell me about the other forms so there's freestyle um there's tech pogo which is tech pogo which is like 
almost. Is that like a hold on, hold on? Is that like a digital pogo? Yes, exactly. And and, and you you you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just imagining like a this. like a like an AR like a like a VR thing. That you're just like, <laughs> no, you, you've been seeing those dancing robots. There's artificial have. pogo stick. <laughs> That's a whole separate category. We got. Pogo robots now that just do it. We just watched it. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm so, sure they could make a robot that could. Of course. I'm sure that's what got us to break the record. Imagine if they can mathematically calculate like mass and momentum, like exponentially increasing per jump and like stability and everything. Dude, they could launch something to the moon. Oh, of oh, course. Yeah. Of course. Like, I, when, I see 20 feet easy from them. Because the they could probably sense. put like 10 times the amount of pressure that a human could take because it'd be so calculated. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. Dude, that'd be insane. That'd be nuts. Uh, <laughs> anyway, talk to Elon Musk about that one. <laughs> Just go to Elon. Be like, yo, dude, my name is Russ. Dangerous. Um, <laughs> I have an idea on how to get to Mars. <laughs> you just got to build me a pogo stick. <laughs> but um, the yeah, tech pogo. Yeah, tech pogo. <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> tech pogo. So it's like kind of similar, like like a flatland style, like gotcha. BMX or flatland scooter. Um, we still do use the obstacles. You still use the park. It's just the rules of tech pogo are you're only allowed to use a spring pogo stick. Oh. Yeah, so it's the low to the ground technical side. That's why it's the tech competition. I'm actually the two-time champion for that right now. So, okay, so so let me – so that's a whole other factor to pogo sticking then. Mm-hmm. So, so there's pogo sticks that are like low to the ground, and then there's pogo sticks that aren't low to the ground – yeah. Right. Because it's that's kind of one funny thing about pogo sticking. And I feel like I wanted to almost bring this up earlier. Like like there's almost park and street pogo stickers, which is like hilarious. And the funniest thing about that is we have a street and a park pogo sticker in, yeah. in front of me right now. <laughs> and, and, and and that's like that that's hilarious to me because it's like. What is undialed? Oh, it's a it's a street and a, and a park rider. Like yeah. right? it's, it's, it's just kind of like this this full circle sort of thing. But but like yeah, but like yeah, like what what's like the difference between like like the low pressure and the high pressure and like and like how do you how do you like choose your routes like like i don't know like what what made you choose tech over like height and what made you choose height over tech so when i got started in pogo sticking yeah like, we only really had the spring pogo sticks yeah so everything i learned and what's like the max height of a spring pogo stick um probably just if you're just jumping not like tucking or trying to like muscle out height you're only gonna get maybe a foot foot and a half got it okay and then the air ones with that equivalent is like five to six feet yes Uh, their average is about five to four to six depending on like your skill level got it okay and and so then the technical stuff is all based around um you know so the tech pogo is basically all based around these one foot high jumping pogo sticks yes so doing flips on that would be hard then yes um so like flips aren't really like a part of tech a part of tech you i people can do the flips on the spring pogo sticks but like in competition that's not really what they're looking for um they're looking for like your technical like skill like it's a lot of like stalling on the ground a lot of like leg wrap maneuvers stalling on the ground yeah, like so like your tricks will be like your tip is still on the ground. You're basically just balancing on the pogo stick and doing a lot of like flat land stuff or like a lot of stalls on ledges or Got it. stuff okay. like that. Okay. Yeah. And you mostly just do the stalls with like your pegs that you have, like your little footholds, right? Yeah, yeah. So like if you're stalling on a ledge, you just use your pegs and stuff like that. There are some like frame stalls or like 
you throw the whole pogo stick down and stand on if you want, but like I don't recommend that. That's pretty pretty stupid looking. <laughs> so so tell me really quick. Um, obviously, if you jump onto your right peg versus your left peg, one of them is oppo, right? Yeah, yeah. One so of them like is like you have a strong and a switch side. And how do they determine that in contests? I don't think they notice yet. <laughs> no, like, they must know you personally. They dude. do know me personally, but they'll. Uh, Sometimes I'll be like talking to my buddy, uh, Nick, who's like our filmer and like he'll film a clip of me and I was like, yeah, I'll switch. He's like, I couldn't tell. And I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I have no idea, man. Like you just did it so clean on that side. I thought that was your normal side. I was like, no. Nah. So there is switch to it. Um, my switch game, at least in the air is trash. <laughs> Russ is pretty much really good at all around tricks like that. He, throw the pogo stick under every inch of his body every way he can um what's the best switch trick you've done uh like switch stick flips are a thing so so i'm thinking right now like hold up so switch when we're talking about tech i was thinking about like the pegs like be on like a different peg what does switch look like in park pogo sticking? Yeah, so... Is that like cross foot backwards? Like (laughs) no like so basically the easiest way to explain it is our kickflip of pogo sticking or maybe the tail whip of scootering is like an under the leg bar spin. So you pass it under your leg. Usually you start with the leg that's most comfortable. That's your strong leg. Mm-hmm. So once you do that, then you do an under the leg bar spin under the other leg. That's your switch under the leg bar spin. Got it. So it's basically whichever one you do first. Right. Whatever feels more comfortable, you're going to want to do first. So in pogo sticking, you really do almost have a dominant leg. Yeah. It's oh, like... Yeah. It's like you have a dominant leg, and then that leg is what so much of the tricks are built around. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. That's crazy. Yeah, for me, it's all right leg. Yeah, I'm left leg. Your left leg. Yeah. That's so... You know what's interesting about scootering? And I don't know if you guys have ever thought about this. Now, hold up. Let me ask one. Do you have a dominant hand in in in, uh, in in pogo sticking? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So okay. it's like the hand that you would pass to. So like everything that I would catch would be my right hand. Got it. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. So in scootering, we have we have a dominant hand and a dominant leg, and I'm, and I've been like I've been watching scooter riders for decades or a decade, and <laughs> and like, and it's so interesting to watch like how scooter riders can have their tricks, a bag of tricks, be completely determined by like which is their dominant arm, which is their dominant leg, um, just because it it kind of restricts and allows for the for tricks to come easier hard. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about that is like, for example, like me and Clayton, we both ride goofy. That means right foot forward. We both are right-handed. But what's interesting is like my dominant leg when I scooter is my front foot. Clayton's dominant leg when he scooters is his back foot. So like I catch a lot of my tricks front foot. He catches every single one of his tricks back foot. And it's like, it's interesting because if you watch our styles, you could see how like just that little aspect like manipulates so many tricks just how you do so many tricks and there's so many tricks that i feel like i naturally have and the only reason i have that is because of that early muscle memory that i built with like having a dominant or 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 like non-dominant you know what i'm trying to say (laughs) and it's and it's so interesting to me that like you guys are going through the exact same thing like because i'm sure there's pogo stickers out there that have a dominant right leg and a dominant left arm and the tricks that they do like their jackie chans or whatever might be like different you know what i'm trying to say just because it's like 
And yeah, no, it's, it's so interesting, like how that goes well, down. Another thing is like some of the tricks, like it's weird because like some people, everything will be under their right leg for their mm -hmm. strong leg. But some people, uh, like a guy named Fred that pogos, he does half of his tricks under his right leg, but then other tricks feel more comfortable under his left leg, depending on the way he's passing mm -hmm. it and stuff. Mm -hmm. So then you mix up tricks like you were said, the Jackie Chan, which pretty much mixes up two big air under the leg tricks. And it's like some people will have it where they'll pass it both under their left and right leg. And that'll be strong side for both of them. That's why I'm good at that trick is because it's strong for both of my legs. Like if I were to go under this leg, it would be this leg. And if I were to go around and behind, it would be my right leg. So when I do a Jackie Chan, I'm going under the right leg, which is strong. And then under the left leg, which is also strong. So I got lucky. <laughs> That's sick. But then some people, they have to do one of those tricks switch in midair. But then I'm sure if you were going to do like an oppo Jackie Chan, you would have to do backwards, backwards. Yeah. yeah. But, then those, <laughs> yeah. but then those people that like have to do one of those steps backwards, they would then have that element. Like, oh, uh, yeah, that's you know true. I'm trying to say. And mm -hmm. that's the exact same problem we have in scootering because we have these we have these four tricks and they're all kind of the same trick. But there's just four variations of it. There's full whip, full heel, rotor whip, and rotor heel. And basically those four tricks is is all determined on the bar spin turning clockwise or counterclockwise and the deck spinning clockwise or counterclockwise. Let's just say in a hypothetical goofy situation because it also gets determined like goofy or regular. Yep. Let's say goof, goofy situation, right foot forward. It's like if both, of, if both the bars and the scooter – I mean, if the bars and the deck both span counterclockwise at the exact same time, it'd be a full whip. Yep. Now, if you were to spin the bars clockwise and the deck counterclockwise, that would be a rotor whip. And and then if you did a if you did both of them both clockwise, then you'd do a full heel. And then if you did the the uh, the deck clockwise and the bars counterclockwise, you'd have a rotor heel. Yep. And and it's interesting because. There's there's one of that one of those four that no matter who you are, it's naturally gifted to you. It's your natural bar spin and your natural tail whip. And and uh and then there's then there's two that are like one step away that are like a little bit harder. So then there's there's um for I'll just take my instance. My natural bar spin is uh is clockwise, my natural tail whip is counterclockwise. And then when I go to do full whips or full heels. I either have to do an oppo bar in one of the tricks or an oppo tail up in one of the tricks. And then when I get to that final fourth one, I have to kind of combine both of them together. I have to combine both of the hard ones, you know what I mean? The, yeah. the hard tail up and the hard bar mm -hmm. spin. And, and it's interesting to me, like, like how, how you can basically like how every single person is born with one. And then there's one that's the opposite of what they can do. And then there's those two middle in-betweens. And I feel like, I feel like, a lot of the times people will learn like one or they'll learn like one one or just like one and then like the second one, maybe an opposite bar spin. But I feel like the people who spend that time initially like early on and like learn all of those little avenues and like really get to know their body and like learn all the opposites like early, like I feel like that's like that's what creates like insane muscle memory. But it's it's so interesting to me like listening to you because it's like I feel like that's almost the exact same story. Like you have natural, natural. But if you were to do like one of those variations opposite, yeah. do you know what I mean? You would you would do like like natural to unnatural. And then you'd have to do like unnatural to natural. Yeah, and then you have yeah. to do like unnatural, unnatural. And it's like getting all of those. It's it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. 
it, it kind of determines like what tricks you do and like how you do your do your thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Do you think? Okay, I feel like in scootering, your body proportions, your strength, your size is almost a kind of correlation to like what tricks you do. Is that a similar consistency you would say in 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 pogo sticking? Like like do you find that that the guys who go the highest are all kind of bigger dudes. And then like the guys who do the techno stuff are like smaller dudes. Not saying that you guys are big or small. I'm just (laughs) like, do you find consistencies throughout like that in pogo sticking or not really? Um, a little bit here and there. Uh, a lot of guys who bounce really high are usually like pretty low, like body fat and like kind of shredded. (laughs) Are they kind of like short ripped dudes yeah like super skinny like they have muscles but not too much muscle you know not okay. too much weight i mean the guy who holds the world record for high jump right now yeah. is a shredded russian so he is yeah. he is ridiculous i feel like the heavier you are almost the easier it'd be because you yeah. get so much momentum you know mm-hmm. it does kind of mess up at some point though because the more weight you are the more pressure you need and yeah. so it's just like no matter how heavy you are it's still gonna be it's still gonna mess you up just as much you know i feel it have they ever made like a pogo stick that has like a 10 foot long pole on it or something like that <laughs> they have that, that basically would just compress like so slowly that it would just like launch you like like <laughs> not, have they ever like made that. like an extreme pogo like i'm curious no uh so our buddy fred that's an x pogo right there <laughs> our buddy fred makes he does a uh, street performance shows as well so he has like some pretty funny novelty pogo sticks and uh like I was talking about that rubber band model one earlier. Yeah. The way that it's like, the way that it's made, he's stacked like three different tubes of them on top of each other. And then he welded like three different shafts from them together as well. Yeah. So he's got like this 11 foot tall pogo stick that he just like jumps on in his shows now. And it's hilarious looking, but there's nothing really extreme you can do on it. If you could do some things could on it. Could you bar it. spin it? Could you bar no, spin he, it? He, no, me personally, no. Absolutely not. I couldn't even get up there. He's got, he built a double one that I kind of can mess around on, but his triple is insane. So there's nothing I'm doing up there. He gets on it and he puts his whole body through a tennis racket in his show while he's up on it. So that's pretty crazy. Wow. <laughs> like through the mesh? No, no, there's no mesh. He turns dude, himself into French fries real quick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, has there ever been like a two-person pogo? Like, yes. Like yeah. top and bottom? Like, so not like side, top and side. bottom. So yeah. like I'm that just same guy. Like, like a totem pole. Like. <laughs> but no. So the way that that one is stacked, though, there have been dudes who have ridden it like that. Yeah, so, yeah. So, like, so what does the two-person pogo stick like if it's not up like top and bottom? So, so like it's... um. That same guy, he built a setup where like he built a giant box platform around the pegs and then a giant like pair of handlebars sticking out. And so just people on either on both sides of it, like Pogo in like oh that. My gosh, <laughs> they actually uh, they're trying to do the first tandem flip on it. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> they did the tandem backflip dismount. They uh, were trying it at a competition a few years back, but they're doubling the weight on the Pogo stick. So the Pogo stick has to handle a lot more you obviously have to crank the pressure up twice as much as you're used to you also have to be in good sync with the person that you're trying to jump with so you want similar like body types and stuff um but (laughs) just watching them try to throw this thing they did it a couple times but the shaft just bent on so one one person has to front flip and one person has to back flip right no 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 they can face the same way 
Oh, they can? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. like, the way that it's set up, they both just backflip. But you want someone who has probably the exact same form that you would backflip. So, if, like, I couldn't do it with anybody because I don't backflip like anybody. It's trash. If we would try that, me and Russ, his side would go way up higher, and then my side would just whip us around, and then we'd probably get really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So you've said over, you said a couple of times now that you, you were the third, third person line of front flip or fourth, fourth, yep. you're the fourth person line of front flip and that you do a lot more technical riding. And I think one thing that is very interesting about your pogo sticking is your ability and your, your willingness to take on rails. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about like, what, what does that look like? Cause I feel like for everyone watching, like if you've seen somebody hit a rail on a pogo stick, it has been this man <laughs> right, right here, like better chance than not. And what, like, what made you like want to do that? Like what made you want to like start hitting rails on a pogo stick? Like that's so unique. So the way that and like, on, hold up audience He's hitting like double kink handrails. This isn't just like a, this isn't like he's going to the skate park and doing like a couple inches on a rail. Like he's in legit handrails. Yeah, so go, go, go watch my part if you want to go see that. Like I got some pretty heavy rails in that one. Tone stop, something sweet. Anyways, uh, <laughs> my, uh, my like drive to start like the street pogo and like hit yeah, rails yeah. was um, always derived kind of from the tech pogo, like the stalls and stuff. Like that was always like what I was interested in. Um, I tried to get into the big air game like as much as I could. The stuff that Russ does, like the double passes and triple passes on your yeah, leg yeah, and yeah. stuff. Like I can do like I can do your basic like big air tricks, and I've got some pretty hard big air tricks too. I've done some stuff that only one or two other people in the sport have so, ever. So so let me ask you a question real quick. Is that kind of in a way where the money lies a little bit in pogo stick right now, just from like shows yeah. and 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 stuff? It's like it's like because that's almost similar with scootering a little bit. It's like it's like competitions and everything are like those those are in like the park side of scootering. Like if you want to win a lot of money in scootering, you're going to go win a park comp. You know mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say? Yes. And like and and I feel like maybe that's similar in scootering. And that's why I'm so curious. I mean, that's why it's similar in pogo sticking. That's why I'm so curious. Like what made you want to take on like rails? So like um, I didn't really look at like I knew like I'm not going to make money from going out and grinding yeah, rails yeah. and filming street parts and stuff but like, like that. But like there was nobody else doing it. Like screw the money. The money doesn't matter. Yeah. There, there was no like framework. Like you were just – there, oh, no. there's nobody else doing it you know what i'm trying to say like this, what what made you like want to take that leap i mean it was all trial and error like figuring out like how to make grinds work on a pogo stick has taken years and years of practice but the reason that like i got into it was because they're doing all these crazy tricks the the level of like the height of pogo sticks just keeps increasing like your average height goes from three feet then it goes to four feet and it's now it's six feet seven feet and i'm getting older I can't keep up with these kids anymore, man. I can't. Yeah. Uh, I'm 28 now. So we've got like these like 16 to 20 year olds flying eight feet doing like quad passes and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, shit. I and I'm sure that. there's a whole element to that as well, where it's like, you said that you got into Tobago sticking on like the forefront of it. So I'm, so I'm assuming that like, even when you were like your first couple of years, even taking it seriously, like what those pogo sticks look like then versus the pogo sticks you have now, I'm sure like there's, the ones now are way well, better. It's, it's like, like how your sport evolved. Like no, that's what I'm it saying. Evolved yeah, exactly. from like foldies and stuff where you're bolting your head tubes in and now you have like your one piece decks. And so like, so the kids that are killing it now, they started on those better pogo sticks. Yeah. 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 So like Ru Russ's first pogo that. stick was a giant big air pogo stick. Got you. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. 
Yep, but go on. So um, the reason, like, so I, I saw them doing all these crazy things, and I'm like, I will get really hurt trying that. That is not my niche. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I'm like, um, fun fact, like, you do all those passes and stuff. Our pogo sticks can sometimes get caught up between our legs. Oh, Russ, yeah. Russ ripped his urethra one time. Yep. <laughs> Ruptured. 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 Same thing. You broke, you broke your dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I I didn't want to deal with any of that, man. Plus, I ride reinforced bars. So, like, if that's getting caught, that's that's going to do some damage. And all that stuff, like, there was a fear factor in that for me. I'm, I'm also, like, scared of heights. Yeah, I'm an extreme pogo sticker, and I jump super high, but I'm scared of heights. So, I wanted to figure out, like, how can I still do dope shit, but, like, stay relevant and... Like people, I'll be on people's radar just as much as the guy who's throwing like double dismount flips and stuff like that. So, uh, I always thought it'd be cool to like grind on a pogo stick, and I saw dudes like do, hit like maybe like foot long grinds on like ledges and stuff. But like they like they're really like. Choppy Were you the and, first one to ever hit a rail? No, I was not the first to hit a rail. No, okay. Um, there were a couple guys that hit like tiny little like like three stair, four stair rails where they like basically just press the peg on and let it just kind of like fall off as it slid down. So like, yeah, it's a grind. Um, but, but it's not like you're committed to it's it. It's not like you're battling for a rail, like a eight stair or anything like that. There's just a little tiny like stairs and stuff. So there were rail grinds, but nothing significant. Everything looked really like choppy and really like bad. Like you'd, you'd see them like get on the ledge. They kind of like, almost have to like shimmy themselves along the grind. Then they like pause at the end in a stall and then pop off. And I'm like, that's, that's lame. True. If we, if we try to put videos out with that kind of stuff in there, that's not going to look good. So I took it upon myself to try to learn grinds more and more over the years. Like it really depended on, um, figuring out the pogo sticks, shaft length as well yeah yeah because um obviously the giant pogo sticks that we use they've got a shaft that's probably 18 to 20 inches long i don't have a lot of clearance for any like ledge or rail with a shaft that big um it's gonna like smack against a lot of stuff so the pogo sticks that i use now they are the air powered pogo sticks but they're almost like a hybrid because the shaft length is so short i'm able to hit the same like ledges like a BMX bike would hit. I've got like the same clearance for my shaft. So I wanted to make it look good. So mm -hmm. I had to find the right pogo stick to make it look good as well. So it took a lot of trial and error over the years of like figuring out what's the best shaft length. And once I kind of got that figured out, it was more like, okay, now how do you make grinds look good on a rail? How do you make grinds look good on a ledge? It's, the same with every other sport. You got to go through it smoothly. You don't want to look all sketchy, like off balance and stuff. So like, it's a lot. I've, I've put hundreds and hundreds of hours into, into just learning on my Sabrosa rails back at home. Um, I've learned a lot of things with them. It's really, I'm trying to think of like the way to put it. <laughs> um, has it felt like you were chasing, like, you, you said, like, one reason you really like pogo sticking is you felt like you're on the forefront of an industry. Do you feel like you're on the forefront of, like, like tricks? Like, do you feel like a pioneer of tricks when you're doing all of these grinds? I'm, I'm sure yeah. 
most of the stuff you do at this point is like worldies, like everything you do. Yeah. And it's like, like, does that element in itself, like, like really make you just want to keep pushing it? Yeah. So like I, every single day I try to pogo every single day. Absolutely. Even, even like, even if I don't have time, I want to make time to pogo. Like it's, it's what I want to do. It's what I want to push because the community is still so small and it's still so niche. I just want to get it out there. I want to get like it known about. So I want to push every aspect of the sport too, not just like, cause obviously you are very similar to me in the aspect that we'd like to ride rails. We'd like to yeah. ride street. Russ and Clayton are pretty similar as to where they like to ride, like park. They do the big air stuff like that. I want kids to see like, Oh, they don't just have to be big air riders on a pogo stick there's a whole nother like side and element to it that Mm -hmm. like you can be technical you can go ride rails ride street like that even and then russ also rides street he just rides street in like a different kind of way like i think it's so interesting you guys call it riding (laughs) you know what i mean like like it's like you guys are riding it for sure like but it's like whenever i think of riding it's like i almost think of like rolling or something like that Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting you're not like oh yeah i I hop street (laughs) (laughs) you know like like i was hopping street like Uh, like i I just jumper blasting down the block you know (laughs) (laughs) is it is is riding like the term that gets used the most i think so yeah Yeah. no no it makes sense but it's just it's fun i do like saying i'm i'm going out to balance it's pretty fun (laughs) but uh yeah, I think riding's most like universal. Yeah, that's that's so cool. That's 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 interesting. Like, okay, let me ask you guys: when you guys are riding street, because you guys are on a tour right now, going across America, like going to spots and mm-hmm. getting co- good footage, and you guys have been stacking clips, and that's that's sick. So, like, have you guys been like kicked out of a spot? And like, what does that look like? <laughs> I mean, it, it looks pretty much just like everybody else getting kicked out yeah. of a spot, like. <laughs> It's a little like we we get kind of some attempts still, like even before they say anything to us, I'll just kind of walk up because they have no idea what the hell they're looking at. They're like, wait, what? You're in a pogo stick? Yeah. Hold I on, like, let me see this again. Like, Because there's, there's a period of time where I'd be like scootering in a spot. They'd be like, come on, you're scootering. And I'd be like getting roasted by the person who was like kicking me out. Like not only do you have to leave, but you're also lame. Like, <laughs> like, 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 and so, so I just feel like, like, I don't know. I'm calling myself lame. I feel like it's, it's, it would be easy to box pogo stick like if you're somebody that's not into it you know it'd be mm-hmm. easy to box pogo sticking into like you do that lame thing you know yeah. <laughs> and it's like i feel like you guys probably have to like go through that same like moment sometimes with people of just like yeah this is really what i'm doing right now oh yeah. of course yeah and you gotta like you gotta explain to them what this is like it's not a bomb it's like you know <laughs> it's like a pogo stick and how it works and yes i can do backflips and you know answer the same yeah exactly the same five questions every time but it's pretty funny we enjoy it dude it's, so, it's like sometimes one time like a few times actually now we've just gone to the airport like checked our pogo sticks yeah out. i was gonna say speaking of bombs what's the airport situation <laughs> like? Gonna, yeah like uh, <laughs> so like I, we check of a couple times like we checked our pogo sticks and then i'll just be sitting at my gate and then they call me up to the gate and i'm like what's going on and they're like um they need you to go back through security and take your uh, whatever it is apart. And you I'm like, take your shaft back through security. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait, what? I have to go back out to like the baggage and everything. They're like, yeah, you have to go open your bag. You got to take the pogo stick apart and show them that like it's all good. If it's a big old 
air canister. They think it's pressurized. They're freaking out over there. And I'm like, it's okay. Come on now. Like you should see the hell that we have to go through taking our scooters. Like they really think they're bombs. They really, (laughs) I mean, not really. Do you you check your scooter though? Do you check it or do you carry on? Okay. So there's three ways of getting your scooter on an airplane and there's, there's, and I feel like there's, there's the three different ways. There's one that's like very secure um, but you had kind of have to go through the most hoops to like do it. And if you do this step, then you'll be fine. Then there's the one that's like kind of just like makeshift, but it's also the most risky. And then there's one in the middle. So basically like the most risky way of doing it. And I would say the most common way scooter riders transfer their scooter over airplanes. I never do this. I've never done this. Actually, I've done this a few times, but I rarely, <laughs> rarely do this is you basically go and you check your scooter as if it's like a as if it's like a wheelchair or a stroller or something like that. You check it, you gate check it, you take it through security, leave it at like the bend and like the, the, the walkway. Once you get on yep. the airplane, they put it underneath and you go pick it up at baggage. That usually works great. And it will work usually every single time on like direct flights where it gets hairy is connecting flights. That's where you don't want to do that method anymore. Um, the next method is, uh, is really to, to uh, just, Take it apart, tape it up, and just throw it in baggage. Like just just have it as like a unit. Mm-hmm. That that can work, but you and that's probably the second most safe one to do because they they usually don't mess it up. But you have to think about human psychology for a second. That doesn't look like a suitcase. If some dude who doesn't really care about his job is like just sift, sifting through things, he might look past that. Do you know what I mean? So it's like it's like it's not a suitcase bag. So like like we. we there's just a chance. Yeah. Now the most secure, safest way, but it takes the most preparation is you go and you buy a suitcase that will literally fit your scooter. Now this is a little bit hard because you usually have to buy the suitcase online. Sometimes you can find like a niche traveling store that'll have a suitcase that big, but like our bars are, are pretty big. So yeah. like finding a suitcase that that size is hard because like you can't fill up a suitcase that size without it being overweight almost everywhere. So suitcase companies don't make suitcases that big. Um, so like just finding that suitcase and luckily I have a suitcase that big Clayton has a suitcase that big. Um, and those are the three ways of traveling with a scooter. And that's the only way that me and him could do it because we've had times where we have to have four connecting flights, like through major international airports. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And there's no way we could have gate checked our scooter through all of that. And the other thing as well is sometimes airlines will charge you for your scooter if they know a scooter is in there. So like, like if you take up the scooter tape together, they might charge you 200 euros for sporting equipment. And that's just how it is. You know what I mean? Like, but if you have all of your crap inside of your suitcase, then it's like, you don't even have to tell them at all that you have a scooter. Mm-hmm. It's just, you're another person on the plane. And I've, and, and I've never once lost my scooter, never once like anything weird has happened to it. Um, but those are the three methods. I know a ton of people that swear by the first one. No, this is the best way, but they always lose their scooters. So I just, I don't even, I don't even mess with that. I'm, I'm curious for you guys though. Like, do you guys have methods? I'm sure there's some terminology. Yeah. I used to just not care and I would carry a, you know, inflated pogo stick into the airport and just give it to him. And, uh, <laughs> puts his, uh, the, the, the tag through yeah. the foot peg hole and he just, but, is it at the check baggage guy? <laughs> yeah, but then I got tired of them, like, you know, exactly, like, giving me crap about it, and I was just like... What I think is so funny about airlines is whatever the dude at the front desk is feeling or thinking, that's what flies. That's what sets the mood, <laughs> yep. yeah. That's what goes. 
Yeah. It's pretty great. <laughs> I kind of want to work for an airline company just because I know how broken their system is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I got I got tired of, you know, banking on whatever the guy was feeling that day. So um but during that time, actually, one time I was taking it as a carry on too. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, I was over it. And eventually I got like a big army duffel bag and uh, just stuck with it ever since. Nice. Because they fit in there. You can fit like two or three pogo sticks and they're still underweight. Gotcha. They're, they're just kind of long and awkward. So you got to find like a longer bag. Usually they get sent to the oversize. Um, in Denver, they. They've lost my bags a couple times just because Denver's that big hub. And yeah, yeah. It's kind of overlooked because that's not nearly as tall as like your ski bags that come out of there. But it's also, it has to come out at the same area as the ski bags. And so that little just, like skinny column. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. I've gotten, dude, I've had so many memories on that. <laughs> it was so funny one time. I've, I've never like, never once gotten yelled at so much by my dad but like one time i thought it'd be funny if i just like stood on that like conveyor thing and just like go back to the back room go in the back yeah, yeah. and i was like there's nothing stopping me there's like what's gonna happen somebody's gonna kill me like no <laughs> so i was like i was standing on the thing going getting ready to go back in the back room and my dad just grabbed my shirt rips me <laughs> off he's like what are you doing and i was like i was like i don't know i wanted to go and he's like He's like, who do you think is getting in trouble for that? Not you. I am. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. I've always been like low-key wanting to try that. It doesn't. <laughs> same. Still. Yeah, still as an to adult. this day. As an adult. But the I, thing is, is, we're the only ones that get in trouble for it now. Yeah, so exactly. like, let's do it. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure my dad would be more than happy like, if I went for it now. He'd yeah, be like, hey, yeah. I'll record it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is good Insta content right exactly. here. Exactly. Wow. That's. That's so funny that that pogo sticking. I was gonna say you guys should look into golf bags. We to, uh, to my, transfer your scooter. And, they're just so like pogo. they're just so expensive, and like pogos have somewhat jagged edges on certain parts. They shred through bags. So like you don't so, want to. But, but listen to this. Sometimes airline sometimes airlines will give you uh, like almost rewards for like taking your golf stuff. I know there's a lot of BMXers. I know Brandon Lupos does this BMXer. And he takes everything in a golf bag because um, sometimes they'll they'll allow more weight in a golf bag because they know that the people traveling with golf equipment are like high up people or whatever, you know. So mm-hmm. like, so you can sometimes like get away with just more like there's more gray area with golf bags because it's like the people who are taking golf bags are gray area people. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so so you have to like like that's that's like a thing that I thought would be kind of cool. It's like, and then you can you you will never get charged extra for golf clubs because it's like it's like a a luxury thing. You're, you know what I mean? You're like a high profile type of guy. You know, so so you kind of just have to like play that a little bit. You know, I probably would use a golf bag, but my scooter bars won't, wouldn't fit in it. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. a bike frame does. You know what I mean? Yeah, because uh, it's got like that just mm-hmm. right amount of room. Yeah, like a because like. Our, we try to get bags that are a little wider too. Just I, for me personally, I travel with like three, four different pogo sticks at a time. They all yeah. have different shaft lengths, and I use different ones for different like styles of street and stuff. Like if I'm just hitting ledges, I'll use my short one. If I'm going out, and I'm hitting like big down rails. I'm going to use the one that like has a little bit longer of a shaft. I can get those like good like rebounds, and if the rail's tall, I want like a little bit more ump to get onto mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. So. I travel with like three, four pogo sticks at a time. So my bags are pretty heavy usually. Um, and I want like a little bit of wide room because the foot pegs roughly like 18 inches or something. 
across. Yeah. So yeah, I was about to ask, like, like is like is there like a standard width in bars? Is there a standard width in foot pedals? Are they the same width for the foot pedals and the bars? Is there like like is there standard measurements to all of that? Because I feel like in scootering, like it's been this progressive incline of size since the beginning. It's just been getting bigger. Every, like I feel like every day it's just the standard for how big something is. Like there was a period in time where like the, where a company came out with a 22 long deck and that was the most street of street decks. And like that was huge. Only people who aren't really going to take tricks seriously are going to ride a 22 long deck. Like, blah. And now Clayton rides a 22 long deck. Chris <laughs> Ferris rides a 22 long deck. I ride a 23 long deck. Like, You're riding a 6'6", six, six, right? Uh, 6.5. Oh. So, yeah. like, I, I like I ride a huge scooter, and it's just in this constant progression of just scooters getting bigger. And I feel like we're going to hit a point at some point because, like, humans can only get so big. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's going to be this point where it's like, all right, like, now it's starting to get harder. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it, have you noticed, it, has there been, like, a similar size increase with pogo sticks? Yes. Has And, like, what has that been? What's the standard now? It's like, um, so handlebars and foot pegs have pretty much stayed the same yeah yeah but the shaft is what keeps getting bigger got you so like instead of the shaft being well tone's going the opposite way obviously because he's doing his own thing he's going smaller (laughs) but in terms of like going higher like the the shaft used to be maybe like two feet now the shaft is like up to my like or the foot pegs will be at my waist okay just just to be clear to our audience that the shaft on a pogo stick is the smaller part that that goes inside yes. of of the, the the bigger like part that the handles yeah, and the foot tube. the two so there's, there's there's the tube that mm-hmm. that the foot pegs and the handlebars are attached to and the mm-hmm. shaft is that piece that that goes up inside of the tube yes yes got you I just want to clarify <laughs> that for the audience yeah no problem <laughs> yeah but so like as we realize. We basically realized that you can hollow out the shafts and you get more air. You can fit more air pressure in them and mm-hmm. it doesn't screw up your bounce. So hollowed out the shaft and then we we're like, oh, we just make the shaft longer and then you can fit even more air in and then you can make it even longer and fit even more air in. <laughs> but yeah, it seems to have leveled out where like my pogo stick is now. Got you. It's like it's almost hard to get on like if uh, for an average person probably be pretty hard just to step on to russ's pogo stick yeah <laughs> even no. me like sometimes i trip up getting onto some of the big ones just because i'm not thinking i'm like oh it's only this tall and then i realize, oh wait that's taller than the big one that i use so what's so interesting is i was at the skate park yesterday and i i was talking to some kids and and i was standing next to your pogo stick and i just had my scooter i don't know where you went but it was uh you you just went around they were like, try it, try it, try it to me. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I like, I like was like, all right, here we go. And like, I mess around on Clayton sometimes because um, he has one. But I like went to go jump on yours and I could not compress it. Yeah. I was like, no way. Like, like I, I, these kids like saw a huge epic fail. I like tried to get on a pogo stick, like legitimately tried to press it down. And it maybe went down like, it went like. Like it was just like nothing, yeah. and I was like, "Wow!" Like he rides this thing compresses, compresses yeah. all hell. Like holy shit! <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a good like leg workout. And every time like to start it, I'm literally putting my whole body weight, every muscle into it, it's, just it, to get it going. And not, once you get it going, can you kind of chill a little bit? Yeah, yeah. 
Exactly. But it's, it's not just like your legs though either. It's like yeah. a lot of like upper body to you put your shoulders and all of that into it. Like mm-hmm. look look at these. Look at these. <laughs> yeah, <he's... laughs> Traps, baby. I feel like I feel like if you ever got a construction job, you'd be like the ultimate jackhammer. Oh, <laughs> the ultimate jackhammer man. <laughs> I'd be doing tricks and stuff while I'm doing it. For real. <laughs> I'd be like bar spin the jackhammer real quick. <laughs> so so here's the thing. Like when are, when is when are they gonna make like, a, like an electric pogo stick? Because I feel like couldn't they do some like crazy stuff with that? Because like isn't the whole objective of a pogo stick just to like like launch you as high as possible? Like I feel like they have the potential of like. Like there's air compression, sure, but I feel like, like there there's like a whole something else. Like I feel like there's a way to like electronically like shoot you so high in the air. Maybe I'm just tripping, but uh, there definitely could be, um, or a way to like shift the pressure on like the 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 handle or something. I don't know. Yeah, You're yeah. talking about someone doing that earlier. Yeah, there they is a guy who built like his own like like boost tank on his Pogo Six, so like he just be bouncing, hit the button, and his next bounce would just launch him like double the height. That's but that guy wasn't like he wasn't like an extreme pogo stick rider or anything. He's just a, this guy like working Some on dude. this po- who like working on this pogo stick who like just happened to be able to jump on like. So like we've never had one of us at our skill level attempt to use this pogo stick. We have no idea what we could do with this pogo stick. <sighs> I, I think, think that's some room for I think easily 13 feet. Easy. Yeah. So Two, two feet higher than the hypothetically if you rolled up to the high jump comp and you just had this nitrous uh pogo <laughs> stick would they let you use it or is there like restrictions see this i'm gonna find out this year we're having <laughs> yeah. a debate I want, yeah i'm trying to contact the guy and be like get a little more information so i can have something cool i mean worst case it's something funny to show up with you know and uh if it doesn't count it doesn't count but i'm trying to definitely go like 13 14 feet <laughs> Dude, you got just, that. Just to <laughs> yeah. watch this thing. Do you have to so land crazy. it when you jump over the high jump too? I'm curious. Yeah. Like three bounces. Because I know in pole vault they just land on their side. Yeah. No, so so um in high jump, yeah, like Russ said, like you gotta like bounce away three times after clearing the bar or demonstrate control. So like you can like bounce like once or twice and then like obviously dismount in control. Like if I were to throw a flip dismount after a bounce, they're like, Oh, well, if he can flip, obviously he was in control. True. <laughs> True. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. All right, guys. So so what's the next step in pogo stick? And we've talked about besides from nitro powered <laughs> pogo sticks. Um, like what what's like maybe on selling your own personal goals, but like what's like the next step in, in the pogo stick world? What would you guys like to see? Russ, well, you go first. For, yeah, for me personally, um, I'm just kind of at the point where I feel like I'm my best and I wanna like document it with like you know, a really good video part. Mm-hmm. I've been like trying to go to El Toro a million times. <laughs> I just, I just want to hit big stair sets, you know, do all the big, like, uh, the biggest, tallest, most dangerous stuff I can possibly do. So that's, that's it really. Just film that and <laughs> put it on the internet and, um, Got the jaws of Pogo over here. Yeah, that's that's all I'm <laughs> really focused on. Of the stick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you? Um, I mean, I want to see it evolve in every way possible. Like, like we were talking about earlier with grinds. Like, I'm really the only person out there hitting rails and stuff like that. I want to see more kids like get involved in that aspect of the riding. It's like, yeah, it's not easy, but it'd be sick as hell to see you guys doing it. It's because I also have no one to compare myself to. 
like I I can't compare my style of like how I hit a rail to like someone mm-hmm. else because mm-hmm. no one else is doing what I do and it's I want to be able to have those comparisons and I want to see like other kids putting out video parts and stuff. I want to see all of that because like in the in the world we are in now in our community, there's not really that motivation to go out and film those parts and there aren't those people that are really like killing it. I'm not saying like anybody in our community is not killing it. All the dudes that are going out and writing, they they're putting in work every day. Someone's doing something new. Most of the time it's me and Russ, but <laughs> It's it's pretty sick to see like clips come out from like the younger community too, and like it's it's definitely evolving. But I want to see it go even farther. I want to see like I want to see like a video part every other week or something from somebody. Like when we get to that point, I will be so so happy. Not that I'm not happy with how it goes now. Like it's great right now. I just put out like my video part a week ago, and like I'm riding a cloud on that right now because it's like the first dedicated street part that i ever actually have put out and it felt so good to get that done and like i want to try to replicate that feeling as much as possible and it's not not with just my part like when i see like other people's parts when i watch a new scooter part that drops like it gets my blood boiling and gets me going i want to go immediately ride so like it's i want to see more like media from just more program. coverage of more program. content yeah more content for sure well dude i do too man i think <laughs> i think what you guys are doing is is phenomenal like you guys the fact that you guys are traveling across the country just following your passion without like without like a real guided vision that's been already placed in front of you like you guys are making it for yourselves you know what i mean i think that's is very admirable and it makes me feel good about what i'm doing it's making me feel like you know i'm not alone in this this world i feel like for you guys you guys are even more niche so i don't know i've really enjoyed having you guys on the podcast and i've like really enjoyed like hearing your guys' perspective because it's so unique but at the same time it's not unique it's the same story you know it's mm-hmm. the i feel like it's the same story that like all, everyone action sports experiences just mm-hmm. like that just in your own sort it's of just, personal it's way. just your yeah. own your own version of it you know what i mean and mm-hmm. it's so cool to hear but Thank you guys for being on. I'm going to wrap it up right here, but thank you, thank you guys for tuning into the uh, Undialed podcast. We have some great pogo stickers. Make sure to go check out Tone's part. Um, link will be in the description. Russ is going to come out with the part soon, so look out for his. Um, what's your guys' Instagrams real quick? Uh, mine is just Danger Russ Pogo, but it's spelled like Danger Russ, R-U-S-S, Pogo. Got you. Yeah, and then I'm just X-Pogo Tone, X-P-O-G-O-T-O-N-E. Nice. Anyway, guys, check them out. But I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. Catch you guys in the next one.